This is Quiet Fire, a program about the spiritual life of Abraham Lincoln and its relevance to us today. Welcome. This is Duncan Newcomer. Here's not a Lincoln quote for you. It's a silent scene. Lincoln loved to meet people. <clears throat> Quite simply, love was in his heart. When he was a young boy, one day he ran up to the split rail fence to greet a visitor who had just ridden up. Lincoln began talking excitedly with the man. His father, Thomas Lincoln, struck his son down with his hand. Lincoln's offense had been to speak first, before his father. Now, as a young man, Lincoln's life as it unfolded, he was not struck down. Lincoln preserved his natural affinity for people. One of the sinners in a favorite book of his, The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan, was an emblematic character named Talkative. Lincoln must have liked that sinner because he certainly knew how to be talkative. And he had a humble spirit. He knew how to respect the esteem of others. It was, it's hard to humiliate someone who is humble. They just don't go down. Now, Lincoln himself was the object and the target of political satire and even craven contempt. But what we don't ever see in Lincoln is payback. Contempt, that inner looking down on someone, is a secular human behavior that all religions and spiritual practices counter. Loving your neighbor as yourself is a universal law in spiritual life, and it is very hard to come by. So now here's another scene for you, the scene with the soundtrack. It is the very first meeting between Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln, two awesomely large and gravely imposing men, like two kings on a chessboard, one black, one white. Here are Douglas's words about that first encounter the summer of 1863. Douglas is pleading the case to Lincoln that black men should be allowed to fight for their freedom and their country. The two giants disagree about many things, but, well, listen to Douglas, the famous black abolitionist and feminist. I was somewhat troubled with the thought of meeting one so august and high in authority, he writes. But my embarrassment soon vanished when I met the face of Mr. Lincoln. When I entered, he was seated in a low chair, surrounded by a multitude of books and papers. His feet and legs were extended in front of his chair. On my approach, he slowly drew his feet in, from the distant parts of the room into which they had strayed. And he began to rise, and continued to rise, until he looked down upon me and extended his hand and gave me a welcome. You need not tell me who you are, Mr. Douglas. I know who you are. Mr. Sewell has told me all about you. And then he invited me to take a seat beside him. After presenting his four points, which had to do with the recruitment, the pay, the safety, and the honor of what they both called the colored troops, Douglas writes, To this little speech, Lincoln listened with earnest attention and with a very apparent sympathy. Again and again, we read in history how Lincoln's earnest and silent, open attention is what people record. How they were put at ease, their mission honored, their dignity enhanced. It is easy to see Lincoln unscrambling his long legs, striding toward the guest, his huge hand extended and his voice rising in greeting, 
and then his quiet, attentive listening. Lincoln begins these meetings again and again with silence. The hallmark of such a greeting is spiritual. The moment begins dwelling in silence, and it is physical, it is embodied, it communicates dignity and respect. This is not the politics of humiliation. This is the politics of humility. It is both smart and good on Lincoln's part. Smart because, as he once said, if you are to convince a man of your opinion, you must first persuade him that you are his sincere friend. It is good because it places the esteem, the sense of self-worth of the visitor at the center of the conversation. We don't see payback in Lincoln. He once said, what I have to deal with is too vast for malice. So he holds a penetrating and deep silence when he meets his fellow human beings. He extends his heart and furthers his mind, reaching for human value, knowledge, and things too vast for malice. Humiliating and then rehumiliating the other may be the single most dangerous secular political practice, and one that calls for spiritual humility, such as Lincoln's. How did Lincoln come to be this way? The element of silence was immense in the making of Lincoln. We will not understand his spiritual life if we don't begin there. It is cosmos, not history, that is our frame of reference. Silence was not a technique with him. It was his spiritual practice. Lincoln no longer speaks but his words and his silence can lead us as they led him in honor down to the latest generation. This is Duncan Newcomer. This has been Quiet Fire, The Spiritual Life of Abraham Lincoln.